I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as falls and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott. Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Hello there, it's Obi-John, sorry, it's Captain Obi-John Kenobi coming to you live with your weekly nerd alert, uh, or coming to you from the bridge of the NCC, uh, what do we call it, the uh, the Ecto-1701, the most hap-dashed, thrown-together ship in the Federation uh sent to bravely explore uh weird new nerdy stuff other shows haven't talked about yet still waiting uh this is nerd alert uh this is me rambling through another intro you're welcome uh it's the only part of the show i don't prep for why i don't know but um if you haven't been able to tell from my spot on um captain picard Kirkish impression. Today we're doing some more Star Trek stuff um, because every now and then we got to make Commander Scott happy. Uh, no, I'm joking. We love Trek and we don't talk about it enough. It needs to be talked about more. So that's what we're doing this week. We're talking Trek. But before we get into that, let me introduce to you the rest of the crew. Uh, coming to me down from engineering, uh, Scotty, can you give me some more power? I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. That's uh about the best scottish accent you're gonna get out of me i love it what's the uh what's the quote the uh the the green stuff quote you were talking about the green it's, stuff quote. it's a liquor and he's trying to name what it is oh and, yeah 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 this, uh, drink, yeah. yeah that yeah. one that quote yeah yeah he's trying to drink the 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 alien under the table and uh he's, he's already gone through um like two or three bottles of other stuff uh including uh one of his precious old bottles of scotch and his last ditch effort. He pulls out a bottle of this, this green liquid and the, the gen, the, the alien asks him, what is it? And he goes, well, it's, uh, he stares at it and he goes, it, uh, it's, it is green. <laughs> a, uh, 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 an entire scene. They, they parody back in the next generation episode of relics, which was great with him and data. It was awesome. Also, yes. Also, I, I have I have something I want to bring up real quick. Okay. That that I found out actually I found this out uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't here last week to to bring bring uh, archaically eclectic knowledge. I just coined that. I don't know what it means to the masses. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody's aware that uh, NASA uh, landed uh, their 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 latest rover on Mars back in February. Correct. We all know this. Yes. 
Yes. Well, this month, at least I think it's this month, I think it's been pushed back to the 11th, but this month, um, and for the last couple of weeks, they've been getting ready to make uh, a, a, a bit of history, uh, hopefully this month. Um, the rover that's on Mars uh, actually has a small helicopter drone attached to it on its underside. And they're in the process of, uh, I guess, detaching, uh, uh, setting up, and uh, um, calibrating said drone in its in its launch facility. And hopefully on the 11th um, of this month, if everything goes well, NASA um, <coughs> will attempt the first powered flight on another planet. Uh, wow. It's never happened before. It will happen hopefully this month. And to commemorate uh, this this historic moment in, in space exploration, um, NASA, before leaving the Earth, uh, has placed a stamp-sized piece of the fabric from the Wright Flyer is aboard that helicopter. Nice. So the Wright Flyer will be will will be a part of the first powered flight, both on this planet and another. Nice. So, not yeah. bad for some boys in the popcorn business. Not bad for some boys in the popcorn business. Right. It's the guys that made the popcorn, right? Yep. Or Redenbacher and what's his name? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Wil- <laughs> Thank Wilbur. you, Scott. Wil- Wilbur Redenbacher. Yeah, thank you for trying to keep this uh, uh, classy and educational. Uh, we'll make you pay for it later. No. And rounding out our cast, he's got his finger on the trigger. He is ready to launch some torpedoes and fire those phasers. He's over on the weapons con. It's the uh, chief red shirt, I mean security officer of the ship, uh, joining us from somewhere in time and space via, um, how do you time travel? On Star Trek, a weird anomaly in space. It's the doc. Time warp. Come on now. Got to do the time warp again. Uh, no, 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 no. It's Rocky Horror. It's a whole different franchise. Let's do the time warp again. Okay. That's just a step anyway. to the left. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Then uh, I jump to the what? right. It's damage, Jay. First, first contact day was yes. the fifth, right? I believe you're correct. So it would have been Monday? Yes. Yep. Yep. So to celebrate First Contact Day, I brought up a fun quote from one of Obi-Jan's favorite uh, Star Trek movies, of course, can't, that being First Contact. Okay, it's like I can't tell if he's being sarcastic or serious. No, no. no <laughs> he serious. quotes the one with the whales, damn it. I'm going to... No, no, no. Okay, so okay. <laughs> here we go. All right. You ready? Ready. Look. He wouldn't even talk to me unless I had a drink with him. And then it took three shots of something called tequila just to find out that he was the one we're looking for. And I've spent the last 20 minutes trying to keep his hands off me. So don't go criticizing my counseling techniques. You're drunk. (laughs) Then it's Commander Uh, Riker says, all right. And she says, it's a primitive culture. I'm just trying to blend in. You're blended all right. Oh, anything with Jonathan Frakes is priceless. God, that's a great movie. Yes, it is. Uh, So we all together make up uh, this Motley crew. uh, And today we're going to talk about one of the most iconic elements of Star Trek and break down our personal favorites 
and uh, other stuff about them we like. But before we do that, to set the stage, Scotty? Departure stations. Scotty. Hi, sir. Did you find the engine room? Right where I left it, sir. Stand by. Uhura, get me the dock master. Control tower reading, sir. Control, this is Enterprise. Requesting permission to depart. This is Control Enterprise. Permission to depart granted. 30 seconds for port gates. Clear all moorings. Waiting port gates from this mark. All moorings cleared. Aft thrusters. Thank you, Lieutenant. One quarter in full spot. Captain, may I remind you that regulations specify thrusters only while in space dock? <clears throat> Jim. You heard the order, Lieutenant. Aye, sir. In case you couldn't guess it, this week we're talking our personal favorite versions of the Starship Enterprise. Um, yes. Side note, uh, uh-huh. when I was in high school uh, in the computer programming class, uh, I wrote a text-based simulator based off of this scene where you could pilot the Enterprise out of space dock and set a course. And there were like three different places that you could go and one of them you would get attacked by a Klingon. It was In fun. case anyone doubted Scott's status as a geek, <laughs> he set you straight. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was written in Turbo Pascal version three, not even version seven, and it combined a shit ton of uh, of uh, if then statements and some very very crude error handling. It was get tough. on his level because you're not. Just like no one out pieces the hut, no one out geeks the cocks. It doesn't happen. Uh, I was uh, I was in high school. I was for days. <laughs> yeah, well, you other morons were out there having lives and chasing girls. No, Commander Scott, text-based Star Trek gaming. Yep, I was the envy of all. <laughs> and look at you now. <laughs> I've come so far. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Jay, I believe you're the one who actually suggested this topic. So, take us out. Give us your favorite Starship Enterprise and why. So, <clears throat> I have two, so I'm going to go nope, back. One. One. Oh. One. Jay, Jay, you oh. can have as many favorite Starship Enterprises as you want, sir. Okay. So anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted, what I was going to say is this is what I love about Jay. When we suggested the topic, he threw out like, how about something Star Trek? And he threw out like five Star Trek topics. And I was like, cool, pick one of them. And he goes, "Okay." And then he narrowed it down to two. And I said, no, no, just pick one. He goes, no, I think those two were fine. And then we spent a whole show on one of those topics. So now we're circling around to cover the other topic. And it was just. Pick your favorite enterprise. And Jay, I've got two. I love you, Jay. You're over you're over prepared and I love it. Listen, there's a reason that I have two. Okay. And because overkill is underkill? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm working backwards. So I'm starting with my second favorite. Okay, you with me? 
why don't you do your first favorite and let everyone else go, and then we'll circle back around to if no one else did it. Fine, fine. You know what? Fine. Let's split it up. Fine, fine, okay, okay. fine. No, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So Change my... pages on Elf Memory Alpha. Yeah. So my first favorite then would be the uh, NCC seventeen oh one from the two thousand nine Star Trek. Um, nice constitution class and as i was researching this topic i found out a lot of information that i was like that's kind of crazy uh so the the one from the original series apparently is very tiny compared to the one from the 2009 movie yes 2009 it, it got bigger yeah so the 2009 and i'm just gonna give you a few specs here so it's got a length of 762 meters, width of 335, height of 190, and a mass of about 5 million metric tons. Uh, so if you're doing the math, that's a big ship. That's a big ship. Right? And I didn't realize it. Like, I knew... That they designed this one to be like the one from the original TV show. They kind of wanted to have that, I guess, retro feel to it. But I didn't realize how monstrous it actually was. And uh, if you listen to our show two weeks ago, I said that one of my favorite movies was the 2009 Star Trek. Because it sort of reinvigorated the love of Star Trek for a lot of people. And my friend Kyle, who had never seen any Star Trek movie, went to see this one with me. And uh, he actually was the first one to see... uh, He went to go see Into Darkness, like, when it came out opening day. So he actually saw it before me. And then he saw Beyond before me. So I kind of turned him into a little bit of a Star Trek fan. Nice. But that's what I love about this ship is the it's going to sound weird but the retro futuristic look. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's not so futuristic that you're like, okay, this doesn't look anything like the Enterprise, but it's also like futuristic in that it is a spaceship capable of warp speed. See now, um, in all honesty, uh, this one is my my least favorite uh, <laughs> starship. Um, my least favorite Enterprise by by far, um, because now the primary hull, the secondary hull, they they look okay, but I cannot stand the geometry of those nacelles. They do this weird curve thing as they come up and out and then it makes it look like somebody took the nacelles and squished them in. And I don't like it. I I, I don't like it. All right. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) I I don't know. I I just don't like it. I mean, but you know, it's fine. Each their uh, own. Yeah. Well, it's true. And, but this enterprise and in fact that the, the Kelvin timeline, with the Enterprise and with the Kelvin and, and the, the design of these ships, because I love the Kelvin. Uh, I love some of the other ships in, in, in this. But this brought in one of my favorite things that's ever been brought 
to ship design in Star Trek since its inception. Can I guess what it is? Go ahead. There's a window on the bridge. A window on the bridge. <laughs> By God, that is something that these ship designs have been sorely lacking. Because literally, you've got your entire ship. that you, The ship is run on instrument. <laughs> completely there is no there is no command staff being able to look outside if the sensors go down guess what they're fucked um in fact i just recently started rewatching next generation and and, and I'm, I'm almost done with season two but i had forgotten that there are several episodes in the first season where they encounter something that they don't know what it is and picard actually sends Jordy off the bridge to go look out a window at it <laughs> So that they can see what it really looks like, not what the sensors are telling them. So, so then, it's, hold on, it's the Star Trek equivalent of, hey, hey, kids in the back seat, roll down your window and stick your head out. What's that sign say? Yes. But not only, <laughs> not only was it funny as shit that he sends a crewman to go look out a window because they don't have that information on the bridge. He sends the blind crewman <laughs> yeah. to go look out the window at it. Now, I know Jordy's got the visor, but he still sees via a computer sensory, a piece of a piece of sensory equipment. He's still looking at it through sensors. It's still not a naked eye. It's still not a naked eye. <laughs> yep. So I was like, literally that opening sequence in 2009 when they had a window on the bridge. Uh, I, I was in awe. I was tears. I had tears in my eyes. Because it was so beautiful. <laughs> uh, and I love the fact that they've carried that over into Discovery. That makes me so happy. Love Jay, I, uh, one of my favorite features about that ship, uh, and it c- kind of gets echoed a bit in, in my number one when we get to it, but it's the first time I can remember actually seeing the phasers coming from visible turrets. Yeah. On the the ship, not just like there's a spot on the ship and that's where we drew the line from for the special <laughs> effects. Um in, in the it's I guess it's not the Enterprise, I guess it's the um the Kelvin in that opening scene. Yeah. When they when they ordered to fire on I and mean, you see that like, the turrets like pop up and I was like, Oh that's cool. Like now I know where it's firing from. Got it. Yeah. That that was good yeah. too. Um uh, it, it's gonna sound weird, but one thing I did like about the nacelles. I know they're not your favorite thing, Scott, Ooh, but they kind of like, in a way, remind me of a jet engine, which I kind of like uh-huh. because I feel like in older movies, I, there's not as many. And I understand that there's not moving parts, but I kind of like the like mechanicalness of moving parts on a ship. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, it gives you yeah a bit more uh, a bit more aesthetic back to well, like you said uh, like an aircraft or something. You you can see it. It looks more like an engine at that point. Yeah, and it, that's it's just kind of neat to see that. And like um, another big thing that I really liked was the uh, shuttle bay and mm-hmm. how like you can see the interior structure and support of the ship. It's not just like held up by magic pieces. Like, it's actually it, a it ship. Has, it has <laughs> like, a superstructure. Right. <clears throat> and then, but I gotta, th- sorry, I just gotta throw out my favorite thing about it. It's fine. 
is that it was built in the Riverside shipyards of Iowa. That's bullshit. It's complete no, no. and utter fucking bullshit. I seen the movie. It's where they built it. That was fucking bullshit. The Enterprise was built, at it was built at the San Francisco Fleet Yards, and it's called that because it's in geosynchronous orbit over San Francisco because these ships are built in space. How God, the J. fuck J. did they Abrams get it into space? Uh, I'm sorry. superstructure cannot withstand... Uh, a, a, a thrust to lift off from a gravity well. Literally, that's the entire reason that Gene Roddenberry came up with transporters in the first place, because he knew the ship didn't fucking land. He couldn't figure out how to do it, because it made no damn sense. These ships are built in space, they live in space, with the exception of the Intrepid-class ship, no starship has been seen with the ability to land. So the Riverside Shipyard is bullshit, it's a story element, just, oh, we gotta tie it to Kirk, so it looks like they're destined to be together. Fuck that shit. It's in San Francisco Fleet Yards in orbit above San Francisco. Scott? Yes. Stay on target yourself. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Stay on target. There it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Scott. I, I had Stop to... apologizing to Scott for your opinion. You're allowed to have one. You are Iowa. Opinion, Iowa. No matter how wrong it is. I'm an Iowa guy. Born and raised in Iowa. I'm... And the, the fact that Kirk is from Riverside should be enough for you. It it was. I yeah, and they still celebrate Captain Kirk Day in Riverside, Iowa. Yeah, which we're uh, going to sometime, by the way. Just just FYI. Hey, okay. that's fine. Riverside's just a little jaunt down the road. Uh yeah, for me. Well, actually for me it's like three hours. But anyway, I digress. Uh it's I don't know. I anytime that they make a nod to Iowa in a Big budget film. I'm like, yay, we exist. You mean yeah, a big budget film other than Field of Dreams, right? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is that still on the license plates? What's that? Is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. No, but you're basically. It should be, though, right? In kindergarten, that's the first thing you're taught um, <laughs> is to finish that quote. So <laughs> it's, re- it's required. It's like if you come from New York, there's certain movies you're required to see. If you yeah. live in Iowa, you're required to watch uh, Field of Dreams and then uh, Touch of the Corn, but for different reasons. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, well, because and having you know, Kirk is from Iowa. Kirk is from Riverside, Iowa. We know that it's canon. You know, this is an origin story. So having Kirk in Iowa, there's nothing wrong with that. Love that. But the putting a putting the Enterprise being built literally just a stone's throw from where Kirk grows up is just it's pandering. It's not necessary. Uh, and then for some damn reason, you have all these cadets from Starfleet Academy or who are getting ready to go to Starfleet Academy and are for some odd reason in Iowa. I don't know if they're all from Iowa or not, but they have to they 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 go to the shipyard to get on the shuttle that's going to take them to San Francisco. Well, it's uh. It's a hub, Scott, is what it is. It's like when you you take a flight, you know, you you go like you go from here to 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 ZJ. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna fly right over Iowa and go to Detroit, yeah. and then yeah. fly back to Iowa. Yeah, uh-huh. They, they uh-huh. had to take a hub out of Iowa to get yeah. to San Francisco. Uh-huh. But you're not gonna land in the damn Boston shipyards in the Navy Yard. Says you. It, it's a. It makes no damn sense. I mean, literally, you got Kirk riding up on a motorcycle into what supposedly is a classified facility where they're building 
a starship. Apparently, anybody can just ride the fuck up there. And he tosses his keys to a worker who is literally getting off work right next to the shuttle that is putting cadets on. This makes no goddamn sense. None. Ah. And this is why we don't talk Trek on the show more often. None. <laughs> Scott gets worked up. It's true. Uh, I will I will add though that uh, this ship does have one of my my second favorite thing that I did like about this ship uh, and it didn't get mentioned until beyond love the Kelvin pods. That was fucking awesome. The fact that they exist so that a bridge crew can get off the ship at the very last minute and it's named after the USS Kelvin because of the circumstances of that ship's destruction. That was It cool. also leads to the Kelvin suits, which are still at the time of this recording, the coolest Star Trek costume ever. Ever. They were good ones. Yeah. Today, anything else about the uh, Kelvin Universe uh, uh, Enterprise? You want wow one? I, mm, not. I mean, there's not anything major other than well. Apparently, it can detach its saucer from the secondary hull. It can. Oh. They, they, they do it in Beyond. Um, yeah, they do. The original, the original Enterprise could do it as well. Nice. Uh, anyway, um, I don't, but I, I can tell you this. I'm not a huge fan of the Enterprise A from the Kelvin timeline. I don't think okay. we got a good enough look at it. That's just me. Well, yeah, I and I agree with that, but it's just like, hey, make the make the neck connection from the saucer to the secondary hull just a little beefier and the arms to the nacelles just a little beefier. It's kind of like you're you know, let's make an enemy ship, okay? What do we do? Just make it bigger. Just make it bigger. Yeah, I I, I agree. We and didn't black. get a good look at it and they didn't do a they, it wasn't a radical design change from uh, from seventeen oh one to seventeen oh one a in the Kelvin timeline, but I'm still holding out hope we will get to see the Enterprise A in the Kelvin timeline. Uh, well, I was gonna say it's not a radical change from the seventeen oh one, I guess technically refit to the A in the well, yeah, that's the prime class of ship. It's just rechristened. Yeah, I mean. But from 1701 to the refit is a radical change. That's true. Well, anyway. All right, then. So as our first uh, inductee into the Our Favorite Enterprises list, Scott. Well, like Jay, I have multiple. Um, I have nine. We we Uh, all have multiple, but pick one and talk about that one. Pick the one you definitely want to make sure we talk about on the show, and then we'll circle back around to the others. Well, so... Because you know what I'm going to say, so... Yeah, I know which one you're going to say, and that's fine. I forgive you, but that's okay. <laughs> is it the one that has the whales? Fuck you, no. <laughs> there there Scott, is no enterprise with the whales. Scott, roll a D9 and pick one. <laughs> Um, no, currently though, I'm going to go with what is currently my favorite enterprise. Okay. Um, and and I, I love this ship and I'm, I'm, I've I've been looking for, for, for a while now on a really good, uh, artistic picture of it. 
for a background, but it's there isn't one yet. I hope it'll be uh, by the you know the end of this year. Um, and my current favorite one is the uh, reimagined Constitution class from Discovery and what will soon be Strange New Worlds. I love the look of that ship. The contractually obligated twenty five percent different enterprise. Yeah, but it looks okay. beautiful. It is gorgeous. Make sure we were talking about the same one. Yep, because it looks gorgeous. First of all, I I love the bridge set on that one. Uh, and like I said earlier, they they carried over my my bridge windows, which is mm-hmm. just phenomenal um, from Kelvin. But looking at that ship and, and also reading about the design of that ship, you know, you you had three three gentlemen that going into uh, Discovery Season 2 uh, literally were actually toward about halfway through production of Season 1. These three gentlemen were brought together and said, okay, we're going to see the Enterprise at the end of this season. You all need to design it. You got so many weeks. (laughs) Okay. So they literally started out with the original Enterprise, you know, some, some nice scans and drawings, scale of it. And he kind of he stretched it out a bit, you know, the the, the initial concept art, because you had a guy that was doing concept art and sketches, and then you had a guy that was doing refined artistic sketches, and then then the third gentleman would put that into the computer models uh, and give us a three D rendering of it. Um, but I love that we get you know an homage to the the shooting model for the Constitution class from the Cage. Where we have the, uh, the 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 rear nacelles, the rear of the nacelles uh, are open tubes instead of those weird balls that they became once the series went into production. Um, we've got the 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 fins, of course, are um, uh, a little bit more pronounced. Uh, the Bussard ram scoops uh, are are once again with the 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 the, the swirly inside um, and and not the. Uh, the the ones with the the antenna at the end, which I'm not a big fan of those. But he also incorporated a lot of what will become or what was at the time the refit. Because uh, if you look at the secondary hull of it, it's it's beefier. It's not just a cylindrical tube. It has that you know contoured roundness on the bottom. Uh, it's a little bit you know uh, beefier on the sides um, uh, and everything. So it, it, he he took the original kind of stretched it, elongated it, uh, added some aesthetic things that are a little different, um, uh, and then added elements from the refit that everybody loves. Um, he also uh, took, if you, if you look closely at the actual model, uh, the, the 3D models of it, they did go back and, and, and he looked, like you said, the place on the hull where they drew the phaser line coming out of. <laughs> uh, and he actually put, um, modeled phaser turrets in those locations, a little oh, similar to uh, uh, to what was in the Kelvin timeline, but uh, they're 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 different. Of course, this being the prime timeline, um, the 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 uh, the the nacelle supports the struts um, uh, aren't just a straight rod up. They they sweep back in the in in the 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 rear, just like the the refit. But I I love the imagining of, of this ship. Um, and I, I'm really, really on the fence about buying, buying uh, an actual model and putting a model together of this one. I haven't put a model together in years. So, yeah. Nice. So this is currently my favorite enterprise. Uh, I look forward I mean, she, she had a good run uh, in the, the season three uh, finale of discovery. 
uh, when she was fighting, whatever the fuck that was they were fighting, uh, uh, at the end of Discovery Season 3. Uh, love the ship. I uh, love the casting. Uh, and I am looking forward to this ship um, uh, going and doing what the Enterprise does in Strange New Worlds. So the Enterprise nice. shows up in Season 3 Discovery? Sorry, sorry. Season 2. I okay. Three, but yeah, yeah. At the end of Season 2. Okay. I got confused because I was like, hey, yeah. if no. Anson Mount and the Enterprise show up in Season 3 Discovery, I'll go watch it right now. Uh, no, they don't, unfortunately. I was okay. Then I'll continue not watching it. Uh, no, dude. Hands down, the, the best part of Discovery Season 2 and what saved that show for me and why I cannot wait for Strange New Worlds is... is uh, you're right. The, the redesign looks awesome. Uh, I think it's it's the perfect combination of it's iconic... It's recognizable as that's the Enterprise, but there's enough <clears throat> tweaks to it that it's mm. not the same Enterprise. Um, it, it's it definitely more in in how do I want to say this? It's uh, a little more complicated, a little more complex uh, than the models built back in the '60s for a low-budget TV show. Yeah. So, uh, and we definitely need to see uh, more of Anson Mount uh, wondering where his damn red thing is. Yes. Maybe some green things. Maybe a big green green hand, like a big green space hand. Where's my big green space hand? Everyone start adding CBS, where's my big green space hand? Start that trending right now. Uh, We'll make it happen. Forget the restore the Snyder cut or any of that kind of stuff. You need to start the hashtag, where's my big green space hand? No, no, just just, just at CBS, hashtag giant green space hand. That works too. So anyway, yeah, that, that's currently my favorite one. Uh, that's the one I'm looking forward to. Um, I, I've been trying to find, I, I want to buy the uh, the Eagle Moss uh, d- uh, deluxe model of that one uh, on eBay. It goes for about 70 75 and I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. That's fair. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go look again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, anything else to say about the, uh, whatever that one's called? The Discovery one, Discovery Enterprise, yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah. Me, no, no. the Disco Ent, the Disco Ent, which immediately I get pictures of Treebeard uh, in the <laughs> white leisure suit from <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> it's John Trevolta. <laughs> oh God! Stay on target oh. yourself. <laughs> See, I was going to do this. No, that was funny. No, oh, puns okay. always going to laugh on this show. Okay, well, in that case. Stay on target. There you go. John no such thing as a bad pun. <laughs> All right. Um, the first guy starts yelling at me for why I'm wrong about it. Um, my favorite ship also happens to be my favorite Star Trek series and favorite Star Trek anything. Um, although Anston Mount gives it a run for its money because I love Anston Mount and the role of, um, um, wow, my mind went blank. Um, Pike. Scott. Yeah, thank you, Pike. God damn. <clears throat> my favorite enterprise is the OG. And no, I don't mean the one from Star Trek, the original series. I mean the first ship in Starfleet to be called Enterprise. The NX-01. 
NX meaning experimental because it was the first of its kind. It was the NX class. It was the first. It was the first of everything. Just name it. It was the first. Um, <laughs> it is the ship you see in the show Enterprise, uh, later dubbed Star Trek Enterprise, because apparently people got confused as to what Enterprise they were watching. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it is the first Warp 5 capable ship built by humans. Um, it is captained by Captain Archer. Captain Jonathan Archer, uh, who's my second favorite Star Trek character in all of history. Um, if he grew a beard, he might have overtaken Riker, but he never did, sadly. Um, the reason I love this ship is over the course of several seasons, we see this ship evolve. It doesn't start out as... Uh, like. Okay, it is sort of the most advanced ship, but in a lot of ways, it's launched before it's complete. Uh, is is part of the storyline in the pilot episode. Is it's it's under you know it's almost done being constructed, but it's not fully done. But they need to launch for various reasons. You can get into when you watch the pilot. So throughout the series, uh, and particularly the first season, I believe first first two seasons really, we see them add things to the ship to complete it. Uh, so when it first launches, it has transporters, but they're only used for cargo because it's kind of new technology. Uh, it it has weapons, but they're basically missiles that they fire, and they're not very effective. And they make it a point that yeah, these kind of suck. Um, <laughs> we're not very combat effective. Those will later come into effect. Uh, they get um, they're not full photon torpedo; they're photonic torpedoes, which is like step in that direction. Uh, well, they don't have. Go ahead. Well, the, yeah, the the but the torpedoes that they have at the beginning aren't the photonic torpedoes. No, they're spatial torpedoes or something. They're spatial like that. torpedoes. They don't get they're the space photonics missiles until, they suck. until they get ready to go fire, take on the Zindi. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. Um, they do not have phasers. The the ship was built to carry them, uh, but they launched before they were ready. So there was an episode later on where they're testing the phasers. Um, and, and again, they had that sort of like pop-out turret kind of look to them, which I like. I know it's kind of impractical, but I don't care. It looks cool. Um, they don't have uh, tractor beams. They have magnetic grapplers. Um, they don't have shields because we don't have that kind of technology yet, but they have polarized hull plating. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have a red alert, but damn it, they have a read alert. <laughs> Shut up. I just want to make a read reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, it's it's not it's it's not the most advanced uh, ship in the galaxy. It's the most advanced for humans, but compared to Vulcans and Andorian technology, it's still not the, the, the best thing ever. And what I like about that is, and about this series in general, is humanity is the underdogs. We are hurling ourselves out in space with the best ship we can cobble together, hoping for the best. And we will make it up as we go. Uh, and I, I love that that sense of exploration and everything is new. Every race you encounter is new. It's all first contact because we haven't met a lot of these people before. We're always learning new stuff. Uh, there's a, there's an episode, I think it's season three, when they're about to launch the NX-02. And Archer is meeting with the, the woman who's going to be captain of that ship. And he's basically talking to her through uh, all the modifications they've made to the NX-02 on the fly because of what they learned from the NX-01's exploring stuff. Uh, and I love to see that progression of technology uh, that we're learning as we go. We're getting better as we go. Um, what made this ship great was the crew manning it. It wasn't necessarily we have the best toys and best gadgets. It was we've got the best people. Uh, and I love that. I love that theme throughout the show. 
Um, there was a proposed, if it would have gotten a season five, and anytime you hear me talk about Enterprise, I'm going to bring this up. Um, there were designs of it going through a refit, which yep. would have brought it even further in line with what we eventually get to with the, the uh, N701 from the original series, which would have added, I believe, the, the secondary hull and, and a few other design changes um, to bring it more in line. I've seen concept art of it. It would have been awesome. Um, but that's what could have been. So, yeah, uh, I've, I've actually got a model, uh, of the, the NX refit. Um, nice. I, I'll, I'll bring it, I'll bring it to you, uh, sometime yeah. if you actually take a look at how it would have looked. Cause yeah, th- this one I think is one we got gypped on. Cause I would have loved to have seen Archer in command of the NX refit have had a beefier power plant, uh, a little bit more stable systems, maybe, maybe the beginnings of shield technology. Mm-hmm. That um, be- we also would have gotten Shran as a crew member, and that alone breaks my heart. We would have gotten Shran, uh, Starfleet, yep. Yeah. Um, and the, the, so a lot's made of, you know, when you read about the ship and you Google it, the, the, the thing they bring up a lot is it's the first Warp 5 capable human ship. Why that's important, and I'm going to get Scott Cox nerdy on you for a second. Uh-oh. Traveling at Warp 5 is what allows exploration of deep space possible within a natural human timeline. At those speeds, interstellar travel takes you days, weeks, or months, not years or decades. Prior to this, we had to freeze ourselves and launch ourselves out into space with big rockets and hope we got to where we were going on time. Um, The Warp 5 and why that's so important um, and I know some of you are, are already on your keyboard saying, well, actually, it was Warp 5 capable in theory, but it didn't actually get to Warp 5 until episode blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Shut up. Um, that, that is a great exchange. Literally prepping. <laughs> that is a great exchange between Tucker and Archer. It is. <laughs> Take us to like Warp 4.2 or something like that. And, and, and Tucker goes, uh, you're pushing him kind of hot. And he goes, it's called the Warp 5 engine. Yeah, in theory. Yeah, well, well, yeah, because because they're they're being they're being chased by somebody, mm-hmm. and, and they're the the ship is overtaking them at warp four point nine, and right. he goes and he he looks at Tucker and Tucker's like I don't know what I can do and he goes well it's called a warp five engine he goes yeah on paper, <laughs> <laughs> love that uh, episode. yeah episode. but and and that's a perfect example of why I love this series and therefore love this ship is, um. And the the Enterprise in other shows is you, you feel like they're at least on equal footing with every ship they encounter. Maybe not so much like Q or they get overwhelmed by the Borg, but for the most part, the ship is super advanced. It's it's the it becomes the flagship of the Federation, and that's cool. And that's great. Uh, and even this ship is yes the flagship of the Federation. It's the best we as humans can do. But again, compared to other races, not that impressive. Uh, but why I love that is it puts it puts humanity on the back foot. We're the underdog. We're trying to catch up with everybody. Uh, we're going to stumble along the way because uh, we're humans. That's what we do. But we're going to get there. We're 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 going to you know we're chasing the big dogs and we'll catch up eventually. And I, I love that it, it uh, the design aesthetic of the ship was based on submarines, so everything is smaller. The bridge is much smaller compared, especially you look at the bridge of of the NX01 and then look at the bridge of um, the is it D from Next Generation? 
Yeah. It's like, okay, one of these is a spaceship. One of these is a day spa. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Next Gen had a had a very, uh, very relaxed aesthetic, you know? Yeah. Those lean back chairs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and enough room to throw to play catch in. Um, but again, what I loved about uh, this is, is it feels and looks every you know it's it's not comfort, it's function. There's screens everywhere. The the um, you see the bulkheads and the scaffolding and stuff in the shots. Uh, it's it it looks like a ship, uh, and it feels like a ship. It's got that horizontal uh, engineering department with the engines, which is cool because every other ship it's vertical. Um, and, and I thought that was a cool sort of like, again, step backwards and we'll get to the cooler stuff eventually. Um, it's it's different from a lot of other ships, which is why I like it. It doesn't have the secondary hull. It's just the saucer and the nacelles. Uh, uh, and that's, you know, that, that, it's different. It's it's unique. Uh, it's it's the sort of step backwards, but it's it's we're going to get there. It's my favorite ship. Um, I think I'm out of notes, so I'm just going to be quiet now. Scott, tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I oh. love the NX-01. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's a great ship. Um, and, and you're right. The, the, the way the stories are told, the, uh, the way they are behind you know, in technology um, from everybody else they encounter. And if you watch the whole thing, and this is... This show, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little bit more of the show than the ship right now. And I know it's off, tar- off topic, but the sh- this show got shafted when CBS shut them down in season three. Because everybody was literally halfway through their story arcs when they had to stop. Everybody has great story arcs. And one thing I love about Archer is that going into... Uh, like you said, when he when he when he comes back in in season um, four, uh, he goes back to Earth after being in the 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 Delphic Expanse hunting Zindi, um, and he's he's speaking to the the captain of the NXO two, the Columbia, um, and he he's he's looking over some of the uh, uh, the upgrades that the ship is getting. Uh, and and she makes the comment, you know, these are all recommendations, you know, that you made based off of your stuff. And he's very jaded. There, there's an entire episode about how he's jaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's no longer the optimistic explorer, and he never fully gets a good, uh, like, uh, what, what, what do you call it? When he, he never comes out the other end of that. Really, it's just yeah. So the, the, the show ends, and they fast forward, and <laughs> blah blah blah. They get there, but they never get a chance to earn it because his his arc at yeah. that point is he went out to be an explorer, and very quickly in season two, two and three, he ends up. It's not about exploration so much it is they've been retasked as a warship, and that's he understands the need for it, and it's it's a job that needs to be done, and he will carry it out, but it's not where his heart is. And yeah. in that episode, it's it's him resenting how hardened he's had to become because he's been retasked to be a, a a commander of a warship not an exploration vessel eventually by the like the last episode he gets we see him back in that more uh hopeful jovial uh explorer mode but we never really get to to earn getting him there um yeah. that's yeah 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 but yeah this the, the shit this this show on on a whole and the, this character these characters in this cast really did, did get the shaft when when cbs 
shut them down. Um, we had so much more to do. Um, the the polarized hull plating was, like you said, they they give they give a primitive version of just about every uh, mm-hmm. uh, every system. I love the fact that as we go into season four, they are a lot more comfortable using the transporter than in season one. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge it's, deal when they transport a human the first time in yeah. season one. <laughs> and when we find out that uh, mo- uh, that that momentum uh, carries through, yeah, the, yes. the, their version of the transporter. Because uh, somebody, I think Archer's running the first time that they do it. He runs off the pad when he materializes. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was really good. Um, yeah, the the aesthetics, the way this looked, the whole thing, it was great. Um, uh, I really hate, you know, what they did to Tucker in the series, but uh, the books retcon that, and until I see something different, I'm considering that canon. So. Hashtag Tucker lives. That's the hashtag second hashtag tonight. After you're done hashtagging uh, Big Green Space Hand. <clears throat> hashtag Tucker lives. Um, but we haven't heard from the doc on his opinion of the NX-01. Did you see the size of that goddamn chicken? And crickets. <laughs> oh, shit. You, you always hit me on these. You gotta be on the spot. Sorry, I'm looking at Enterprises on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the sound clip I need for Scott from now on. I'm sorry, I'm looking at Enterprises on eBay. <laughs> sorry, I, I like I haven't seen Scott's Enterprise from Discovery, and okay. uh, I know what the NX01 is, but I never watched Enterprise. Go fix that. You really need to watch Enterprise. And also, so- it is. I started a watch through of Trek. Um, because I was like, look, I need to be able to understand what the hell Scott's talking about. Um, <laughs> that wasn't the only reason. Uh, it wasn't not a reason, but it wasn't the only reason. So I started with our uh, original series, and then Scott uh, very wisely said, don't straight binge the original series. Um, give yourself a couple episodes of that, and then jump over to Next Generation and kind of you know ping pong back and forth. So I did that for a while, and he's right. <laughs> that makes it a lot more palatable. Mm-hmm. Um and then, because this is back when everything was on Netflix, I think they've all shifted to Paramount Plus, or they're all about to. Um, yeah. So then I, I, I came, came across Enterprise. And I vaguely remember Enterprise when, when it started. I remember, okay, that's the one that's before everything. That's like the first ever ship. And I, I vaguely remember coming across it when it was on, on UPN, like channel surfing out and stumble across it. I'm like, let's give this a shot. Let me, let me, let me just jump and check this out. Cause it won't ruin continuity of, of next generation or anything. It's all before that. Mm-hmm. And I immediately from, from the end of the pilot episode, binged all four seasons of enterprise in a month. Uh, I loved this show, loved these characters. Um, and as a very, very casual Trek fan, this became like, I love this series. Um, so if you're, if you're looking for an end of Trek, you don't want to like you know jump into that mainline uh, OG Trek stuff. Try Enterprise because because again, so many things you take for granted in Trek series later on are not established. There's, you know the, the the Federation doesn't exist in this show. It's Starfleet. Uh, it's sort of at least it was supposed to be about how the Federation of planets came to be, um, which again we planted seeds for, and then the at the end because they got canceled, we jumped to, and now it's here, and we never really got to like pay that off. Um, there is no prime directive, like all these things that are kind of commonplace in the Trek series later on 
aren't here because we haven't got there yet. Yeah. Um, that's part of why I enjoyed it. Yeah. Which I love the fact that you love it because you have, at least as far as I can see and tell, you have a much greater appreciation for Trek as a whole after loving Enterprise. And you can tolerate a lot of the other parts of my, my Trekdom. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, I, it, I'm a little disappointed that you jumped over to Enterprise and, and loved Enterprise as much as you did because you never went back to next-gen DS9 and Voyager. I will eventually. You say that. <laughs> and, and I admit, I, I, I understand going back into next-gen and, and everything. It, it's the early next-gen, there's a lot of it that's dry. There, there's, more, there's more bland than awesome in 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 next gen going in the next gen doesn't really hit its stride until season three and that's when as much as you know god love him gene roddenberry of course his his health started to fail and he he took a step back and uh rick berman took over as showrunner for next gen and that was literally rick berman saved trek there's there's a lot of of people who saved trek over the years rick berman is one of them um and then, you know, DS9, I love DS9 all the way through. It's great. Voyager is good, and it has some some really great episodes. Scott, look, what it really was, what it all boiled down to is one name, Shran. If you told me, John, keep watching, in season six of TNG, Shran shows up, I would have yeah. been seasons one through five right now just to get to Shran. Yeah. Uh, he, and, he quickly became my favorite character. And yeah. I, part of the reason I kept watching Enterprise is hoping Shran would pop up again. Shran um, was a great character. He's one of the best characters in Trek. And that is one thing I loved about Enterprise was when we got Next Gen and then we went into, you know, DS9 and then Voyager, of course, takes place in, in a whole other quadrant. We get all these other races because we're discovering new races and stuff. And the other two founding members of the Federation, the Andorians and the Tellarites, literally got the raw end of the deal going into uh, into uh, next gen because it was all about uh, Klingons and Romulans uh, and stuff. And then, of course, with Deep Space Nine, we get a we, we get a whole different view of the the Star Trek universe. We get more of the the CD underbelly. So going back into Enterprise, loved that we get to explore you know, the Vulcans and the Andorians and a little bit less. I'd like to have seen a little bit more Tellarites, but yeah, we, we got, we got, it was good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish we'd have seen some more Andorians and stuff, uh, in, uh, in next gen and all them. So, but we didn't. Oh, well, again, what could have been, but never will be. Unfortunately. So Jay, you still awake, buddy? I'm here. Okay. Hey. Just listening I'm assuming... to the birds chirp outside, and well, we want we don't want to exclude you. Talk, man, talk. <laughs> no, I just don't have I don't have any input on a lot of the television shows because, like I said, I haven't seen them. I've seen a lot of Next Gen, but uh, like I said, I haven't seen Enterprise really so much. So, well, yeah, my whole pitch was supposed to be Jay. You should go watch Enterprise. You'll enjoy it. You yeah, will. it's okay. Right up your alley. I I'll give it a look. But yes, I'm still here. Well, while you're still here, since I cut you off earlier, Jay, yeah. what's your second favorite enterprise? Uh, my second 
favorite Enterprise is the first Enterprise that I actually saw on a big screen. Um, and that was my dad, out of the blue, one day, was like, hey, there's a new Star Trek movie in theaters. Do you want to go see it? And I said, sure, let's go see it. And that movie that was in theaters was uh, Star Trek Insurrection. Um, I'm not. I won't get into it. I don't remember it much. I saw it. It's okay, no one does. I saw it in theaters with my dad because he wanted to go. Um, but that's about all I remember. And there's something about an insurrection. And you're not Worf, wrong. Worf going <laughs> through puberty again. Worf gets the pimple. Yep. Yeah. Ah. Uh, anyway. So the Enterprise I'm talking about is the NCC 1701E. Jay, before you go any further, yeah, I just want you to guess what my second favorite Enterprise is. The E. Yes. Okay. Now hang on real quick. Got. <laughs> Which of the it, nine? <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Yeah, okay. If if it's your second favorite Enterprises, like literally both of you, what class is it? I'm hold cheating. On, hold on. Shit, I'm, I'm cheating because it's right here on my... Ah, uh, without looking at memory alpha. No, well, I had it on my... Uh... I knew what it was before. I don't have it on my notes. I don't have it in my notes. All right. Doc, what is it? It's a Sovereign class. Sovereign class starship. Very good. Uh, you get a Scooby snack. Yay! Oh, right here. You even had it underlined. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I... So, like, the first one from the Kelvin timeline, you know, I said it's a huge ship. And then, like, watching the Star Trek movies that had the E in it, I'm like, geez, that's a huge ship. So, to me, up until the Kelvin timeline Enterprise, this was the biggest Enterprise to me, which I think it actually was the biggest Enterprise up until the Kelvin timeline. Anyway. Oh. Uh, so just I, real, so go ahead, John. Go ahead. So I think the E is actually smaller than the D. Um, it doesn't have as head in my notes. top to bottom. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's longer. Okay. Ah, so real, real quick, 685 meters long, 250 meters wide, 88 meters high. And most importantly, 3 million metric tons. Ah. Uh, 10 to- torpedo launchers and <clears throat> type 12, 12 phaser arrays. And possibly oh, a fighter bay that's talked about but never seen? The What I have, the information I have says 16 phaser arrays. Well, the 16 type 12 phaser arrays. Sorry, that's what I meant. The Type 12 was like the most advanced type of phaser at that point in Trectum. Look, uh, all I'm going to say... Why so much firepower, though, Jay? All I'm going to say is diplica- diplomatic mission my ass. Well, like. <laughs> yes, the Enterprise-E was built specifically to counter the threat of the Borg. It is the closest we see to the Enterprise being a warship. Uh, which is part of why it's it's considered in, uh, insanity by the crew that when the, the Federation does go off to fight the Borg cube, they don't want the Enterprise E there because of Picard. Yeah. Uh, which is all like, fuck that, we're going to fight. 
Um, they removed the next section. Um, well, not completely, but basically sloped it in. So it's basically one giant ship because the neck point was an obvious weak spot. Uh, and again, it's, it's designed to be um, a warship. Um, it... Uh, hold on. Ah, the saucer it does you never see it on screen but it can do the saucer separation and they mm-hmm. specifically designed it so that if the saucer separated it was still a cool like it was a warship um scott yes very uh one of the reasons i didn't realize this until i looked up uh stupid trivia about the e but there's a connection between the e and the nx01 Oh, what's that? The E features the Mark Seven captain's chair, uh, which features a, a unique design aesthetic, a seat belt. It does. And it's seen on camera, too. Yes. And do you know where that actual chair came from? Um, that I do not. They mean the physical it chair, right? recycled from the captain's chair of the Enterprise NX-01. Nice. There's also another Enterprise uh, tie-in to that same scene. Oh. Yep. You gonna tell us or? So the the actor I can't remember the actor's name. I'd have to look it up. Uh, but the actor that played um, the Mako Major mm-hmm. that was that was on the 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 NX01, uh, be the leader of the Makos. Mm-hmm. He plays at at the end of that. He plays. Uh, uh, Riker's replacement as the new first officer of the Enterprise. Oh, did not know. That. So see, there you go. It's connected back to the NXO one, which is the greatest Enterprise ever. So, boom. Uh, but with with the the design of of removing the next section as much as possible, it does harken back a bit to the design of the NXO one. Um, which might have been a subconscious reason why I liked it. Uh, and one last piece of, of dumb trivia about it. This was the last Enterprise for which a physical model was actually built. Uh, mm-hmm. After this, they were all digital. Nice. I believe it was a 10-foot model. But I could be wrong on that. So, what I really like about the E is that not only was it the first one I saw on the big screen, but it is a very sleek sort of Oh, more yeah. futuristic design and sexy as hell hella hella loaded to the to the i don't know to the nines with weapons i don't know loaded for, loaded for bear yeah for borg loaded for borg loaded for borg um Go. but it's 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 a nice ship it's sleek it's like i said like you said sexy uh i'd fly it or fly in it. <laughs> how uh, uh, how long did you say I'd she wants to manual stand? joystick on that? That's all right. uh, what they have listed is six hundred eighty-five point seven meters. Yep, encompassing twenty-four decks. Yep. Uh, type twelve phasers with a capable output of seven point two megawatts. Uh, it could be set to automatically remodulate. Uh, Enterprise E was also fitted with five torpedo launchers, each of which could fire a spread of 12 torpedoes. And of course yeah. it also, it was the first ship to include quantum torpedoes, which, you know, as, as cliched as Nemesis was, cause it was, Hey, here's the enterprise in a desperate fight against a big ass ship. Um, I did like the fact that there were two things I liked about that fight when it came to the, the enterprise E. Um, 
first of all, they fired all their torpedoes. They fired in that fight their full complement of torpedoes. They exhausted their supply. They had no more. That was cool. And two, I love um, when uh, uh, data uh, data reports that they are losing ventral shields, and Picard orders a full access rotation to port to put the uh, dorsal shields uh, towards the enemy. That was cool. You know, Scott, I frequently fire our entire complement of torpedoes when we play Artemis and Bridge Crew. You You've do. never complimented you me on tor- it. <laughs> I don't even have to order you to shoot something. You just start shooting stuff. I have one job on this ship, and I'm going to do it. It's stupid, but I'm sorry. Now I'm going to get the Galaxy Quest. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the uh, when they rammed the other ship. Yes, and the fact that uh, Picard gave that order via uh, via text message from his chair to uh, Troy's console because he knew that uh, Shenzhen was monitoring their uh, their comms. He didn't speak it out loud. He, he was he was stalling Shenzhen while he gave the order. He typed it in. I believe you. I, just, uh, I don't think. I think no. Honestly, I don't think I've seen Nemesis since it came out. I yeah. I'll have to rewatch it. It, it is a, it's a very cliched movie. It's it's not Next Generation's best movie, obviously. Um, I no, do. It's, it's, contact, it's yeah. best movie is First Contact. Um, but uh, one thing that kills me every time I watch that movie is when they so they go to the Romulan Empire. They cross the neutral zone. You know, and into they go to Romulus, the home world of the Romulan Star Empire, uh, a race that they have been in a cold war with for almost two centuries. And the flagship of the Federation, the flagship of Starfleet, is at Romulus, and Shinzon invites them over to his ship to have a meeting. And literally, you get a shot of every principal actor is on Shinzon's ship. At the, this is the scene where Shinzon is is revealed to be a clone of Picard. And uh, every time I can think about that, is I see them. Okay, we're in Romulan space, and literally, the entire senior command staff is now off the ship. <laughs> Entirely, there is an ensign currently in command of a shit ton of other ensigns. <laughs> I don't see the problem. I don't understand. In enemy territory. You know the you know the ensign that was left in command is just sitting there shitting his pants over on the bridge of the Enterprise, like, okay, shit, shit, shit. What do we do? If they attack, we're boned, guys. I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't I don't know. I, I just got just transferred in last week, guys. What, what are we doing? You guys, I just graduated from the academy two weeks ago. This is this is my first time out. I, 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 you know, part of me thinks that there's a step uh, between senior bridge crew and Ensign Ricky, who just graduated last week. I think there's probably a middle ground there. <laughs> nope. No? Okay. Nope. My bad. Nope. Straight to Ensign Ricky. Okay. Right. So it's en- Ensign and then directed to Captain. Got it. Okay. Because well, keep in mind that in the history of Star Trek, there have only been on screen two enlisted characters every other character in starfleet is an officer of some rank only two enlisted in the entirety of the fleet 
That's it. Uh, but what you don't see in Star Trek Nemesis is the scene where Picard is getting ready to, you know, leave to go to the other ship. And he just points at some poor red shirt and says, Ensign Ricky, you have the con. And then <laughs> Ensign Ricky just, you know, immediately shits his pants. So They leave and the helmsman turns to him and says, I thought your name was Thomas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't he just know shrug- shrugs his shoulders and goes, look, if Jean-Luc Picard wants to call me Ricky, I'm going to let him call me Ricky. <laughs> oh, and of course, this movie does give us a very glaring continuity error um, with with Star Trek. Um, uh, and one that I did notice, I will have to say, I did notice it when I saw it in theaters. I was like, hey. Um, after getting back from seeing that Shinzon is a clone of Picard, Picard is looking at a nice picture of himself as a youth in Starfleet Academy. And of course, it is a picture of... Uh, the, the actor playing Shinzon, uh, which I can't remember his name right now. Tom Hardy. Thank you, Tom Hardy. Um, I, I was going to say Bane from Band of Brothers. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> and, uh, of course, it's Tom Hardy. And, of course, Shinzon and both Tom Hardy in this picture are bald. Because Captain Picard is bald. So they're like, hey, let's make him bald. But apparently the writers or the set designers or whatever, whenever they did this picture forgot that there's an episode of the next generation where we where Q sends Picard back in time to when he is, when he, when he has graduated Starfleet Academy and he's awaiting his first posting and the actor they have playing him, you know, as a young Picard, when he sees his reflection in the mirror, um, a la quantum leap style has hair. Oh boy. So we have Picard at the end of his Academy career with hair. And then we have uh, Tom Hardy in the middle of his Academy career without hair. Hey, man. Male pattern baldness is a real thing. And it affects everyone differently, Scott, okay? Quantum Leap, that's that's that that TV show with Captain Archer in it, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. That was the whole point of that show, uh, was Scott Bakula wanted to do Star Trek, but he had to prove his sci-fi chops first, so before he could command I thought you Star- meant Scott Bakula kept hoping he would leap into the body of Jonathan Archer and just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> and just stay there. Yep. So, um, before we leave the Enterprise-E, though, uh, yeah. I, I was looking up the Enterprise-E here in my lovely, lovely hardback copy of Star Trek Shipyards, which I got, you know, not a month ago. Um... And uh, it says here, and of course you can take this with a grain of salt because you know how they is when they publish books and materials, things change between blah, blah, blah. But it says during its operational life, Enterprise-E underwent a number of refits and upgrades uh, that increased the amount of weaponry she carried and enhanced the efficiency of her engines. Uh, The first refit involved repairing damage inflicted by the Borg and upgrading the weaponry by adding more torpedo launchers. A second refit... Um, involved moving and shortening the cells, reducing the ship's length from 685 to 673 meters. Oh. So she got shorter over her operational life. Much like most people. Sure. You get shorter. No, okay. Anyway. I hope not. Well, <laughs> sure. All right, Scott. So me and Jay both love the E. 
because she is probably the sexiest looking chip in the fleet. Oh no, too sexy. Oh what? It's a sexy looking chip. I'm too sexy for my captain. Too sexy for my captain. <laughs> so, surprise, Scott's second pick is the Enterprise B. Well, you're close. It would be if it was here, but it won't be here till Tuesday. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. Thank let me you. Guess. Let me guess. Tuesday? Don't tell me. Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> that was but, the stanza. This is where I would get up and leave. What do you got for us, guys? You are very you are very close, Doc. Actually, my second favorite enterprise is the Enterprise C. Oh. Yep. Can anyone tell me what class the Enterprise C was? Constellation. Uh, Galaxy. No. Nope. Ambassador. It was an ambassador class starship. Way, yes. way to uh way to, to quick search memory alpha there, Doc. I did that was that was straight from the memory. <laughs> Yeah, the memory bank on memory alpha. We got gotcha. you. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, it, it's only seen uh, in in one one iteration, of course, and that is yesterday's Enterprise, which is a great episode. Um, but I just I just love um, I just love this ship because I mean it's 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 a very well aesthetically designed um, uh, bridge between uh the uh refit class and the excelsior class ships we saw from you know the movies um to the next generation that we see in uh um uh the next generation ships we see in 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 the galaxy class and stuff um it has it's almost like a scaled down galaxy class primary hull with a refit secondary hull with uh galaxy class in the cells so you get this this whole hybrid not to mention the fact that we get the awesome death scene of captain rachel garrett by a piece of you know hull basically embedding itself in her head which is one of the coolest on-screen deaths in uh, in 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 star trek i love that um, I like the fact that we we go back to the old monster maroon uh, uniforms for the Enterprise C crew. I don't like the fact that they didn't put the belts on them or they didn't have the under tunic. They 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 took those out and just put the jacket on them to to make them look a little bit different. But uh, but oh well, you can't have everything, you know. Uh, so, but no, th- this is one. Of, it's only it's only seen in the Enterprise Enterprise. Uh, I love this ship. I really really would love to see. Um, I don't know how they would do it or where they would do it, a movie or something, but I, I would love to see the fate of the Enterprise E. I would love to see that fight, you know, as they go back uh, to defend the Narendra Three Colony, um, and uh, uh, and they fight the Klingons. Uh, I think that would be be a fun fun fight all the way through. Um, but yeah, I would I would have to say my my second favorite. Enterprise uh, is is the the Ambassador class Enterprise C, uh, which I believe the Ambassador class was the the first ship design that got the new nacelles that would eventually be put on the uh, uh, the Enterprise D, the Galaxy class. They it, it was the it was the 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 test bed platform, as it were, for those nacelles. It was cool. 
Is there another ambassador class ship that we see in generations? In generations, I think so. I think you see an ambassador class at the end of it that comes to uh, uh, extract the wreckage of the Enterprise from the planet. Um, I know you see a Nebula class uh, in that, but it's been a while since I've watched Generations, so I'm not sure I'd have to look that scene back up. But here, here, here is uh, we have yet another Enterprise tie-in with the uh, the Enterprise C. Um, I'm listening. So, of course, the Enterprise C was destroyed. Um, uh, defending, you know, Narendra three against the Klingons. I'm sorry, against the Romulans. It was it was a Klingon outpost they were defending against the Romulans, which ultimately led to the peace treaty with the Klingon Empire. However, um, when they received the distress signal from the Narendra three outpost, guess where they were headed when they diverted? They were headed to Archer four, which is one of the two planets named after Captain Jonathan Archer. And I believe they visit that planet in Enterprise um, during season either season one or season two. I don't remember. But that's where they were going. That's a good looking ship, Scott. I'm looking her up on uh, Memory Alpha. It is a a good design. Yeah. Enterprise C. Yeah. I I bet you... Dude, never mind. What? He was going to make a joke about me liking the D. <laughs> he does. So wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wrong. Hey, I'm hip with it. I'm down with the... Down with the sickness. Jiggy with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You jiggy with it. Um, Yeah. Keeping it real with the homies on the west side. Yep. So anyway, yeah, I uh, love the Enterprise C. Uh, I wish we'd gotten to see more of it. I will have to check that episode out. That's a, no, that's a really cool design. Uh, oh yeah, if you've never seen yesterday's Enterprise, you need to see that. Well, Jay, I think we're not Enterprises, but I believe Scott has seven more. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. So uh, I'm going. I'm going to say my my least. Basically, I I pretty much like them all, with the exceptions of the 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 reboot Enterprise. I did not care for it, which I've already okay. said. That's fine. Okay. I hate the Enterprise J. I can't stand that ship. It just it's just it's just, it's just gaudy. It's it's almost as ugly as Discovery. Um. And uh, there was another one. I don't really care for. I forget what that one was, but yeah. Pretty much all of them I, I like to some varying degree, with the exception of the the reboot and the J. I hate those those two. Can't stand those two. Well, I'm sorry. It's all your fault, Jay. There was an enterprise named after you and it was complete bullshit. Dog yeah. shit. See, cause an enterprise named after me would look like um Oh shit! The oh god, the big ass one from Into Darkness. Oh, the dreadnought. Yeah, it would look like that, just with more torpedo launchers and and phaser banks. And... No, no, sorry, 
the Enterprise J looked like. Well, you'll have to look it up. I can't really. Weird. Describe it. I've uh, I've seen it. I've seen pictures of it. I'm saying if they actually made an Enterprise and and legit named it after me, the Enterprise Dock. Oh, uh, it'd it'd be nothing but engines and torpedo base. Yeah. Uh, if we're going with least favorite, I'm not a big fan of the B. Yeah, the uh, the Excelsior uh, with the, the, it the just weird looks, flare out. It looks clunky. Uh, it looks it, it looks somehow less advanced uh, than than the earlier ships in the line. It's just uh, I'm not a fan, and I was not uh, upset to see it go uh, when we're done uh, in uh, generations. We see it. Is this the first time we see the B? Is generations? It's the only time you see it. Oh, well, good. Good riddance. That ship sucked. Hey, you go Captain back to Tuesday, Perryman where it was a good character. a good character. Yeah, sure. Trust me. You know, if we'd have seen, you know, more movies with Captain Harriman, you know, and his 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 first officer, uh, Commander mm-hmm. Bueller. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, it would have been you know mayhem with those two. Well, yeah, his first officer just keeps taking days off. Exactly. All. <laughs> Call it running amok on alien worlds. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just, it, it, yeah. Of all the enterprises, it it, it always felt like uh, well, we had some leftover model parts, so we'll call it the B. It's not a fan. Yeah, they, they they did. If you look at the model, you know, but I mean, this is indicative of, of most models. I mean, if you look at if you look at the Constellation class, uh, the USS Stargazer, it's literally just the Enterprise, the Constitution refit, you know, model kit just put together in a different way. Um, the Enterprise B is uh, uh, a lot of parts of, of uh, some custom, but a lot of next gen Enterprise D parts put on. The the Nebula class starship is literally just Enterprise D parts reconfigured with with no neck and uh, uh, the the uh, the nacelles underneath the the the, the primary hull. So Trek has a long history of, of taking existing model parts and, and just kit bashing, just kit bashing them into new ships. It, it's it's not is the yeah. Is the Stargazer the one with four nacelles? Yes. Because it's yeah. faster. Um, no, they were. It was just oh, uh, okay. if you want an in canon reason, it was just experiments with different warp field geometries. Uh, and they kept going back to two because it was the most efficient. Um, they always had even numbers because the odd numbered ones, uh, you know, were not very efficient at all. Uh, you had a few with one nacelle, and as far as I know, there was only one on screen sh- shot of a, a ship with three nacelles. So. That was the refit of the the D. Correct. That From, uh, Commander Riker is in charge of. No. He's not? I thought that was... Yeah, sorry, sorry. I was thinking, my brain flashes to me. Yes, you're right. It's uh, it's Admiral Riker. Uh, the, he took that as his ship, and it was refitted with, with three nacelles. That was in uh, the series finale, All Good Things. Which, oddly enough, is much better is a much better next generation movie than Generations. Uh, two is the number of nacelles your ships will have. <laughs> Three is right out. One. Well, is a few. 
What about like, like when I watch the Wrath of Khan, I think the Reliant is nothing but the Enterprise within the cells, sort of rearranged. Yeah, it's it's just refit Constitution uh, model parts, just rearranged. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it has some connecting structures that uh, were were fabricated specifically for that model to connect them together, which is why I really, really can't stand. Um, the uh, the ship in lower decks. I hate okay. that ship because you've got the primary hull, uh-huh. and then you've got the support pylons coming off the primary hull to the nacelles, and then you've got a secondary hull between the nacelles. There's nothing connecting the primary hull to the secondary hull. Obviously, you either have to beam over or you have to crawl through Jeffrey's tubes in the pylons. Oh yeah. Good lord. There's nothing connecting that primary to the, the engineering section at all. It is a stupid ship design. They're like, hey, check us out. We got a nifty new looking ship. Sorry. There were there were aspects of the show I thought were were funny. I I enjoyed parts of it. But I uh uh yeah, hated uh, hated that ship design. It's bad. It's horrible. It's almost like it was designed at the Riverside shipyards. Uh, actually, oh. Scott, uh, oh. on the crosshatch section, uh, mm-hmm. on the engineering, uh, mm-hmm. there's apparently an elevator that goes where in, in, in the pylon between the nacelles and the hull. Still dumb. They're pylons. Why would you have a term? So you got to go all the way to one side, take one elevator that goes down. I mean, if you have more than, you know how many times you'll be waiting for that elevator? It's almost like it was designed for a weird cartoon comedy show and not for actual space travel. Still dumb. Love the past story. That was good shit. Huh. All right. Uh, Any other ships you want to bash on? Oh, lots. The Discovery. Yeah, sorry. sorry. God, the Discovery <laughs> is one butt-ugly ship. I hate <laughs> that ship. I right. hate the spinning primary hull, too. I mean, literally. You go into the, 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 the dam, you use the spore drive, and all of a sudden your primary hull starts spinning. I mean, literally, what if somebody is, 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 is getting ready to cross between you know one section to the next? You know, I mean, yeah, you got black alert going on, but you know, what if somebody's like, "Oh, I could duck in here real quick." Oh no, I was just cutting fucking half because the ship started spinning for no damn reason from not listening to the black alert. Fuckers! Well, you shouldn't have your ship spinning. Somebody said, "What if we took a Stargate, turned it outside, and made it a spaceship, and they called it Discovery?" The Prometheus, that's another ship that I hate. I was looking for this one. The NX59650. Um this was a dumbass ship. It just it just looks horrible. It's too it looks like a big dagger in space, but it splits into three combat sections. It's just stupid. It's 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 it, it, it's un, it's impractical. It splits apart into three separate ships. Yep. So it's a it's a destructicon. Yeah, it, it's oh, a okay. yeah, it's a combiner. Yeah, when it goes into combat operations, it it splits into three separate ships. When when do we see that? 
uh, it's in a Voyager episode. Now, uh-huh. it's got some great comedy because uh, the doctor, his program is con- compressed into a data stream and sent back to the Alpha Quadrant, where he finds himself on the, the Prometheus, which is an experimental starship. It was never put in production. It was just an NX class. Uh, and the ship gets uh, uh, taken over by Romulans because um, it was on a shakedown cruise, basically, uh, just to, to get the bugs worked out before its trials. And uh, the only two crewmen that are um, not, you know, uh, locked up um, because it's not a skeleton crew anyway, are the Doctor and this ship's EMH, which is the EMH Mark II, played by Andy Dick. Doctor Uh, Who? Huh? Doctor Who? (laughs) No, EMH Mark II. (laughs) Jay got me. Anyway, um, okay, but yeah, played by Andy Dick, and so they're literally running around on on the bridge trying to figure out how to uh, how to save themselves. The stuff starts beeping, and they're like, "Ah, stuff's beeping!" And they they have this whole physical comedy routine. It's a little funny, but not enough. I mean, the entire episode is just based around this this ship, which is just God, I hate this ship. Well, the splitting into three ships thing is dumb, but when they're all together, it's not a bad looking ship. Yeah, I still don't even like it when it's all together. You know what I like? I like the Voyager. An Intrepid class starship is not a bad starship. Um, it's the only ship with a variable warp speed geometry for the nacelles. Oh sure, yeah, one of those. And it was the it was the second ship, I believe, with uh, bio neural circuitry. The first one being the Sovereign class. You don't say. So now, well, wait a minute, Scott. Didn't you say that the Intrepid's the only one that could land on a planet? The Intrepid class. Yeah, didn't yeah. the Franklin land on a planet? The Franklin crashed. There's a difference. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's landing and there's landing with style. <laughs> landing where you can then take off again. Hey, it took off again. Potato, potato. But it uh, wasn't designed that way. As far as I know, the Intrepid class is the only starship that's been seen on camera that was designed for planetary landings. Okay. Plus the Franklin. That's well, I think it, Franklin's <laughs> in a different timeline, so uh, I post the oranges now. Well, I'm just saying it did touch a planet and then take off again, so... <laughs> It touched the butt. Good. Once again, <laughs> crashing and landing, two different things. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One <the> other intent. <laughs> nope, nope. Stand target. <clears throat> We're way off. Uh, any other enterprises we want to give shout outs to while we're on this topic? All right, then. You've all had <laughs> your shout. Uh, with that, let us know what do you think of our list? Is there an enterprise we missed? Um, do you just want to hear us bashing on Star Trek spaceships that you can't see because we're a podcast? We'll do more episodes of that, sure. Um, do you like the Trek stuff? Well, let us know. Uh, give us your comments. Um, thank you for sticking with us this long. Uh, we hope you're not... Uh, we, we hope you were entertained. We, we, hope, uh, we hope you love the E as much as me and Jay do. <laughs> uh, and so we sexy. hope you're not... 
too furiously typing away at your keyboard to yell at us for inaccuracies because that's what we have Scott for to catch us. So, uh, and I'm not perfect. So, well, I'm not the best we've got. I, I'm I miss stuff. That's not saying much. <laughs> uh, until next time, thank you for listening. This has been your weekly nerd alert.